Today, I have Ryan McGinn, who has helped create over 1,000 videos on TikTok that have a million plus views. A lot of people don't know, like, because I don't talk about a lot of this on my social media. Yeah, that's like, why we like to do this podcast. Yeah. is more on the business side, because mm -hmm. I'm sure you don't talk about this to your audience. Yeah, and in this episode, we break down exactly how he set up these systems and specific team members in place in order to make sure that happens almost every single time for their clients. Hope you guys enjoy. Tell me what is one decision that you've made that has made all other decisions in your business easier? <laughs> I would say something, but the camera's already rolling. I don't necessarily want to sell the business, but I realized if it's built on me, that is a cap and a limitation. So now it's about building systems. Many business owners are managing their own companies. When they could establish their own additional company that's called a management company. Investing in myself so that I can decide in what order I should be doing things. All right, Ryan, so I'll ask everybody the exact same first question when they get on here. What is one of the simplest things that you've put in place inside of your business that has made everything else so much easier? Well, I would, I would say there's two things. One, a good operator. Um, I, I have a good operator now and he's been, a, his name is Brooks. He's been, you know, he's made me able to focus on a lot more other stuff than just like the day, day to day stuff. And I, I basically hired him because Layla Hermosi told me I needed a good operator <laughs> and that if I didn't have one, I'd be out of business in like a year. Yeah. So that was that. And then the second would be a, a guy like Luis, who I would consider more of a, my original term for Luis was a viral strategist because he helps me come up with topics and we're constantly like looking at the algorithm and he actually directs me when I film. Uh, and he kind of knows my filming style and, you know, I would say he'd be the equivalent of nowadays having like a, like a D rock or like a, a person that follows you with a camera. Only we don't follow each. He doesn't follow me with a camera. Sure. We just, whenever we're filming, he keeps me on point. And, uh, yeah, I think those two things, one has allowed me to scale the agency side to him to over a million dollars a year. And also my personal brand side to what it is and growing. Yeah, I love that. That's, uh, it's nuts. When you speak to these people that are at seven or multiple seven figures, almost always I hear that hiring was yeah. the big difference that, that that you did. And almost always there was like a point of inflection, almost like a catalyst where you're like, holy shit, I got to hire someone. So Layla said to you that it was, she was like, you'll be out of business in a year. Were you just like, could she tell? And she was like, look, Ryan, you need an operator? Were you like running around kind of crazy? Yeah, I, I had, uh, and uh, you know, I had a girl that I, was trying to kind of like I said you should be the operator um and she not that she wasn't cut out for it but she had other ambitions and it just she wasn't doing a really good job on that front yeah that, it, that Layla was basically like this girl's great but you need somebody that's an actual operator and she actually told me it would be my first like asshole puckering hire <laughs> and she's like and it should be yeah and it, it you know pretty truth it's it was my first six-figure hire and wow yeah she yeah. so i had the pleasure of having them over at my house when i lived in san diego yeah. and like i had my coo at that time there with me and i think we both realized like when she started talking when i was like alex her and then my coo my previous coo and me and when she started talking i think we both realized like Oh fuck. That that's like a real operator. She's yeah. like a freaking wizard when it comes to operations. She's a, I mean I, I mean they're both incredible. Sure. Um and like you know we worked with them for a long time. Uh and I mean I I was fortunate to like I was able to film with them. Yeah. And I it was like when we weren't filming, I was just kind of listening, asking questions because it was like, not only were they paying me to do a good job and paying yeah, me like for my job, it was like, bit. I'm like, so what do you think about this? <laughs> like, and they would be like, and Alex would be like, so is this like Ryan asking me as a friend or is this like a business question? And I was like, 
take it for what you want. <laughs> I'm just looking for the answer. <laughs> but, I love that. And then, but you know, it, it's it's funny because like you know, people in their, their business they have like there's the, the scaling problems, which is usually just marketing, advertising, you know, inbound or whatever, like leads. Sure. And that's like obviously Alex's expertise. And then there's the you know the operational stuff, which we have you know my company Viral Edits, which is you know a short form content agency. Uh, we do, you know, over 3000 videos a month and it's wow. like an operational infrastructural nightmare at all times. Yeah. And she saw that, you know, really early on that she was like, this is going to be a problem. You need to, you're going to need somebody really good. She's like, I don't know really how to help you, but like, you need somebody really good. And that was kind of, you know, she, she's basically kind of said, if you don't do this, like your time's limited, you're going to go crazy, specifically yourself, trying to handle all this. Your quality of work's going to go down and you're going to lose clients. It's going to piss you off. What people always say, you can, I, there's no way you can systemize what I'm doing. It's, you know, I'm an artist, whatever else it is, and you are systemizing it, which is always a difficult thing to do. <laughs> what, what are some of the... Um, on both the operator side and like the systems that you guys, she ended up building or he ended up building for you. Like what were some of the immediate things that they did that started freeing up your time that you're like, okay, I can actually see this business scaling now. Well, I mean, so we have, I mean, it's a team of 15 now. Um, and that, and a lot of people know, like, cause I don't talk about a lot of this on my social media. Yeah. That's like, why we like to do this podcast yeah. is more on the business side. Cause mm -hmm. you, I'm sure you don't talk about this to your audience. Yeah, I mean, and really my only reason I love talking much like this, but yeah. this doesn't get any fucking views. Yeah, that's like, you're telling me, man, you're, <laughs> tell, you're telling me. Like, and we, 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 me and Luis, we always joke. It's like, fuck man, everybody, cause everybody wants me to come on the podcast. So like, let's talk, you know, business, let's talk, you know, content, like how to make videos. And I'm like, none of that's going to get me any views but, <laughs> you know, and it's not going to get them views. So we're always like, I'm like, but I, I mean, but I am passionate about it. Sure. It's like, you know, but yeah, people don't realize like, cause I, again, I just don't make videos about it. And partially I just don't want everybody to know all the in intricacies of what yeah, we do of course. because you know, I wouldn't be working with the level of client that I am working with or had the capacity to work with if my results didn't speak for themselves. And yes, there are things that I'm like, yeah, this is a really good viral video if I shared this, but like, I'm going to keep getting paid a lot of money to do this for other people. People can figure it out. I figured it out on my own. They can figure it out on their own. You know, so it's like, I always battle that too, yeah. as far as like, what do I share versus what do I hold back? And that, so that, you know, as far as me with the operational side that Brooks kind of came in and, and he was kind of the closest I could see as somebody like, like one of the things I realized about him was he managed restaurants and like, which if the you've operator had, you're talking yeah, about. My yeah, my operator, he, he, I mean, very successful restaurants. And I was like, I I mean, I've not worked in restaurants, but like I've been friends with servers and, and I love the hospitality industry as a whole. Uh, so I'm like, and it's chaos. Yeah. And I'm like, so if you can deal with like that many servers, that many attitudes, that many hangovers, that many like <laughs> problems, any, emotional women, you probably handle a bunch of video editors. And that's kind of where he kind of stepped in. But the the whole thing for me, it's it's always, it's quality control. Like my reputation is I have some, what I would consider the best videos or best short form videos to date. Uh, you know, I pioneered this style that is now the taken over short form and, you know, working with some of the best, it's like people look at my videos and anybody that I'm working with, they're like, if it's not good, like it speaks to my reputation. So that's always been like my, like, you know, I'm like Brooks. Like we got to fix the quality control. The editor. And what is that quality control? I think that's that's actually super useful. And you can yeah. go into whatever you want to. But like yeah. on the quality control, is it like hiring the people to look at that before every video, or did you go upstream to solve the problems that were happening consistently? Like where did that go? Well, we've done a lot of trial and error with like. I mean, and one of the things I I, I was joking with Luis, I want to talk about is like is is video editor as a whole. Yeah. Like I, I think there's like two sides. There's there's something happening right now 
where it's like there's this level of video editor that's like there are a lot of agencies. Obviously, they're seen as like a gold rush, like, you know, and there's a bunch of outsourced video editors that are, you know, charging very little money, five to ten dollars to subtitle the Ryan again or Alex Hermosi or Grant Cardone, Ryan Pineda style. But they're not actually making good videos. They're just subtitling over shitty videos as a whole. Yeah. And it then leaves the creators to, you know, constantly come up with all the ideas constantly. And then they think their videos are good. They send it to the editing team that they hired. They put some lipstick on the, on that shitty pig of a video. And then the creator's like, well, what the fuck? I'm paying you guys this. It's not getting results. And yeah. then the editors get fired because you as a creator are like, yo, this isn't getting results. So I'm not going to keep paying them. But it's more their fault because they're just, there's no direction on their end. So when w there's a lot of facets that I've had to like compartmentalize, it's like we have like the time stamping side. So we have people that are just dedicated to watching long form YouTube videos like we're doing right now to pluck out moments that they based on their experience, think will go viral. I currently have three of those, you know, so they have- What is that job title called? It's, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I got lucky for, I mean, Luis is really good at it. And yeah. I found that, I found that the best people are good at all facets of, that I'm about to explain. Sure. So it's like, you have the timestamper. Mostly they are, ironically, other than Luis is the oldest one that does, is Stefan and there's a guy named Stefan. He's awesome. Um, he's 18. And there's a young guy named Jacob. He's 17. Wow. Stefan dropped out of high school and Jacob attends our team meetings by going to the library. <laughs> I didn't require that. I'm like, bro, you can like miss the team meetings. Like if you want to continue to high school education, yeah. you know, uh, but both of them, I feel like, you know, they kind of came through like Jacob came through my Instagram. Um, and Stefan kind of came through my good friend, Jason capital um, both of the, their qualities is they both have accounts and they both have grown followings and they both know what videos are like that go viral. And that honestly, like I will hire anybody. Uh, that is like the, like, I'm like, Ooh, amazing person. Yeah. Like, if you've built something, you know what you're doing, you know what it's like, and you know, the intricacies and you know, the struggles. So that was like, you know, I can't really put that out on like in a job placement. So fortunately, but if I had to run the ad, it would be like, you want to watch YouTube videos and get paid. It's, it's, it's <laughs> nuts that you bring it up. I literally just gave a video to Jack and our team leader channel yesterday and i said i want to hire someone full-time us based just to watch our content and pull out mm -hmm. and even right before you got here we were like what is the title of this that's why i asked you that yeah, i was like well, curious myself I'm like it's are we going upwork or we're hiring a professional video watcher like what do i call this person um i mean they know the term timestamper, but it the term clipping um like obviously andrew tate kind of changed the face of the internet with what he did there's a lot of people that i i mean i i'm fortunate like i have a lot of video editors and people that follow me um, so, I mean, I could probably help you out and find yeah, one. I sure. have like over 1500 or so video editors. On oh, wow. List. Yeah. We appreciate uh, that. <laughs> but, uh, and that's some, another facet that's like, I could move into in the future, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just like, but Stefan, the main thing that made me hire him was like, when I said, how many videos have you made go viral? And he literally sent me links. Well, really of them. And you were like, yeah, this guy. And the biggest thing for him was. I kept getting tagged in this uh, like dating account and I'm like, why is this dating account? This keeps tagging me. And they're like, I think they're just reposting my videos. I'm like, whatever, cool. It's a strategy. Like, I'm not mad. They're tagging me. Sure. Like, but then I, then I go to the page and there's like five or six of my videos on there, all of which on his account had more videos than on my account. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, and mine are pretty good. I'm like, these are like crafted to do well. 
And he was removing the only pieces of the video that he knew would make people angry. Oh, wow. Like, that would trigger people for the comments. Like, so all the comments on his videos had people angry with me, like all these hate comments, but they were just getting <laughs> so many views. And I was like, so I just, I just reached out to him through DMs on TikTok. And I was like, yo, let's talk. And he thought I was mad at him at first. And I was like, no, dude, I want to hire you. I think this is awesome. Like, what are you, cha- what are you like talking to me? And we just got on the phone. We talked for like an hour. And I was like, yo, I want to hire you. You know, and now, I mean, he makes, you know, I mean, it varies because I do a lot of bonus structure, but anywhere from like three to $5,000 a month. Nice. Just, you know, but he's actually becoming a lot more integral. He's helping me do a lot more in the company. Yeah. Uh, so you said, you said the, uh, the time stampers and then yes. I interrupted you. What were the other yeah, parts? The, so the t- you have the time stampers yeah. and then you have the editors. Okay. Um, and then we're even thinking about separating that into more of an assembly line process. So you have like time stampers, half editors and then like finishers. So it'd be like setters and closers. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's like, but I think the closers are like, to me, the timestampers are the closers. And then the half editors are like the setters. Like, cause it's, so it goes backwards. So it goes, so who touches the video first? Yeah. So that, well, if it's a person like, like yourself, you have yeah. podcasts, you're yeah. like, I want to hire somebody, you know, it be, you have somebody that's doing nothing but just watching. Yeah. And they know what is good based on one, they see your content, they see what does well, but they're looking at other content. They're constantly on the apps. And that's like the key indicator. They are obsessed with TikTok, real shorts, all of them. They're all the fucking same. Don't I? The only people lie to you and think they're any different. They're not. Um, you know. So he's doing that. And then the second person is more of like a marketer, copywriter. So they know like here's a good hook. Here's a good this. Here's a you know this is the story structure of this. The way the clip should be done. And then it goes to somebody who's really good at throwing on the subtitles, proper B roll, good emo- and good animations here. Maybe it's like masking. They are like really good at editing interesting but you're not trusting them to put together a fucking video that's going to get views wow so the so the second person there is finding the clipped part but then they're saying this is the right order Usually of that the clip to start though i mean and i don't have it this smooth yet. yeah like, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, like yeah, sure. a dream word we're trying yeah um you know i in most cases the person that can find the clips is also really good at the, the, the structuring like, because when you, if, if you've ever timestamped or done a video that's been like clipped from something else, you're like, that's a hook. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, can I build a video around this? And it's more like, like, we don't look for video, like we don't look for like clips in order. We're just watching shit, looking for something that we know is going to piss somebody off, emotionally trigger them. You know, whoa, I didn't know that. Or that, wow, his tonality was really good there. Or holy shit. Like, what did you just say? Like, and then we find the hook first and then we build the video around that. Man, I love that. That's super helpful. You said something earlier too that I just wanted to address. You were like, you know, you you always kind of struggle with like how much do you give away because it's your secret sauce. But I'll tell you, Ryan, the thing is that all all of this struggle that you've figured out over the past few years about like building, you have a 15 person team now, the systems around it, what you're going towards. So you could give away the secret sauce, but no one's going to be able to build the systems like that you are building here. You know, like, or if they will, it's going to take them a very long time to catch up to where you're at. Right. Yeah. And and I know I, and part of that is out of scarcity. Like, and I, I, as always, you know, when you, the more money you make, the more you kind of grow and you're like, you have to learn how to handle the expectations, everything that comes with that. Sure. But like I was burned early on. Like I've been making money online for like 10 years. Like, oh, wow. You know, and I had like a loophole that I had figured out and like some older online marketers kind of convinced me to turn it into like a course. And like, we'll do some webinars and blah, blah, blah. And I did. And I made this awesome course. I gave away everything. 
And I sold the course, I think it was like 297 on a webinar. We did like a whole webinar circuit. Now, mind you, the system, which was like Google Sniper sites and like, I made some videos about it, like sites like Jersey Shore abs, like I would rank them, make money, all this money off affiliate products. Like that as a whole was doing roughly like $500 to $700 a day for me oh, cool. when I made the course. So I was like, I can give this away. I'm, I'm good. Made the course, did the webinar circuit. I think I made like maybe fifty to $75,000 doing webinars which by no means was bad money. Yeah. I was happy. But one of the pe- like but what what happened was a, one of the persons bought the course went to the warrior forum, which is like what I would consider the, you know, I don't know, like the cockroaches of the internet. <laughs> no offense to the WSO people. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to everybody listening. But like there's not they're not high quality. So he took one piece of what I sold, turned it into a WSO, and it which was like on the forum for like $5 you can sell these certain things. And then the five dollar thing ended up selling like ten thousand copies. Oh wow! And it was like it was like a, a a movie jacking strategy where you would find you go to imdb.com and you would search for movies that were coming out. You'd look at the lead, the, the actor or actress, and be like, you know, is Chris Hemsworth gonna get Jack for this movie, or is Scarlett Johansson gonna get Tone for this movie? And you just said probably. Yeah. So you build a site like chrishemsworthabs.com. And that was just one facet of what I was doing. And I gave away the whole strategy. And then you would rank these sites well in advance. So you had all the time in the world. And then when the movie launched, I should you know, I did this for Chris Evans' workout for Captain America. It was like $20,000 in the first weekend. That's crazy. Like, it was like... It just was SEO? Just SEO. Like, it was amazing. Nice. I, like, I thought I found gold. Yeah. And that was just one of the things. But then I also had, like, authority. I was doing a lot of other stuff. But that was, like, one... Like, I think we called it, like... I forget what... They had a clever name for it. I don't know. But because it went on the WSO, you couldn't buy any more domain names. Like, I basically put myself out of that strategy. Oh, wow. So that, so that happened early on. And I was like, I would have made more money if I yeah. just shut my fucking mouth and did what I was actually teaching. And that was a lesson in itself like get good and i mean but i understand there's a lot more i am really not worried about a lot of the other video agencies even though there's hundreds of them now i get at people reach out to me and probably you as well five times ten times a day hey who edits your videos you want me to edit videos like insert person 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 i'm like those are all my clients (laughs) like you know so it's it's kind of become a joke on that and the the more popular it gets it's like the blue checks it's like, I'll get you your blue check. It's less like that, impactful. Yeah. So it's like, okay, cool. Well, if you're so good at any videos, well, one, why do you not have an account with any views on it? Or two, none of those clients are yours because I know because they're mine. And, and it's like, funny you said the, the why do you have an account that doesn't have any con- uh, views on it. It's, it's really funny. And I even, not make fun of, but kind of jest with some of my friends who are doing something similar and they have no content but they're selling content and it's like it's like the fat personal trainer you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. like that's not and and if you're listening to this and you're triggered by that um then like maybe that's because it's somewhat of it's true yeah, right it's true and and i think that you also said something that's took us a while to figure out as well and i by us i mean me really is like i used to have a video editor mm-hmm. and i was expecting that to be like a creative director or strategist and yeah. one of the biggest pieces i've gotten from this interview so far and we knew this but just for everybody else is that those are two totally and you're even splitting up into like almost three people yeah i don't have <laughs> creative directors <sighs> i don't want to rip on people because i i like my feeling about creative directors it's like it's like they're always trying to find what they actually are supposed to be doing 
And a lot of them have experience working with a lot of big people, but they, again, have never done it for themselves. Yeah. And I think we're starting, we're moving into it like an age or a time where it's like people like yourself and like me, like bigger, at the bigger people get, it's like, I just want to see that you've tried and succeeded at something or even just tried. I would rather hire the person that sent me an account with like the line that says, I've made over a hundred videos. None of them have gotten any views, but I would like to edit your videos. If you've edited, if you've dedicated enough to do a hundred of something and not gotten results, but still kept going, I want that person. I don't want the people that have never done anything that are just like, yo, we can make money with this. Let's do it. We can outsource that shit to India. We can get edits for $10. We can charge them 40. And all of a sudden it's like, now we're rich. And then we're making ads. We're like, we'll get you videos like this. We'll get you the Hermosi video. We'll get you the rhyme again. I mean, I have, it's like, it clicked for me with this when I'm like, I have an ad of myself on Fiverr with somebody that says that they worked with my team, which I'm like, you haven't worked with my team. You apply. That's when you know you've made it. Like, I'm like, <laughs> this is crazy to me. And then it's like, and then the same guy has one for Ryan Pineda and one for Alex Hermosi and one for, you know, Grant Cardone. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but it, it's, I just think that there is a, like results matter and more work ethic. Like I have one of my, like, you know, she, her name's Savannah. She's one of, she's been editing videos for me or, in my vicinity for probably like seven or eight years now. And, you know, now I can actually, you know, fully support her like full-time living. Like she's, she's by far my best aesthetic editor. Like her edits look better than everybody else's. We can't figure it out. We're like, Sab, why do your edits always look better than everybody else's? I'm like, I'm going to pay you to teach everybody else, but they still don't look as good as yours. Like, and she, like her path was, she had grown to like 15,000 subscribers on YouTube like daily vlogging about skateboarding oh wow and i'm like if you're gonna do that like i mean yes there's like the nice houston's and the you know leticia buffonis there's some skateboarders that make a lot of money but if you're just vlogging about your daily skateboard life i'm like you're probably not gonna make a whole lot of money doing that like she's awesome like people like that like that have just just put enough effort in to be like man i don't know if i want to like take on the responsibilities of like having a business having a full business and like making this my job but like i love the creative process i love filming i love editing like those are the best people but it's like how do you like they're so hard to find yeah they're different and i think that's a perfect segue because one of the things i wanted to ask you in this podcast is like you know i know you work with a lot of big names mm -hmm. or you have worked with even in the past as well ryan pineda grant cardone like you you just talked about the hermoses earlier but you know, do you ever get to see some of that correlation between like, okay, they grew this video made, got a million views and they made this amount of dollars for it. Like, do you, is there specific offers on specific platforms that you see work best? Do you ever get to see kind of the revenue back end? Cause obviously, you know, we're a business channel here. So yeah. I, I like for people that are listening to this, everyone's number one objection is like, oh, you know, I don't want to be famous. Yeah. I don't want to be creating content. Do you see or know like, yeah, if you have this type of offer, do this platform because this person's making this amount of money. You have any kind of idea around that side of things? Yeah, I, I mean, not specific numbers. Yeah. Um, and some of which I, I could nail your point with one sentence, sure. but I just can't share it out of respect to the clients. <laughs> the The main thing that we see is, well, for one, it's a different reframe. The people that come to us, like all of everybody, like we, the only people we don't still work with is the Hermoses. Like all of them don't come with us with the mindset of we have to make money from this. Yeah. It, and it, if you're a creative agency, like, those are the people that you should go for. Yeah. Um, and the irony of that is, is they make the most money. Sure. You know, so, and I think that, I mean, Pineda sells a lot on social media and does really well. I mean, just like a, a little hack that we found out, like you can post like ads, like you just put them up for a while, private them. Like you can do this a lot. 
Like nobody mat, nobody cares. The videos are going to get views and then they're going to just die. Like, you know, we see a lot of people do that. Um, when you say ads, you mean like, put, take well, if it, you were to send into like a webinar, yeah. or like a, just, you just make a video. Hey guys, I got a webinar, like link in bio, do this, like sign up. Uh, it's this Friday. Like, let's say you start promoting on a Monday for a Friday webinar. So you can post like twice a day, the same video and just let it sit for like six, seven hours and then just private it. And Interesting. And then do you repost it again or do you Yeah, just not? keep posting the same video every day and then private it. Like, it's the exact same video. Yeah, that's it, crazy. I mean, that's like one, that's a little aggressive. Like some people might not want to do that, but, um, you know, the way that- And when most, you say post, this is on an actual post on yeah, TikTok like or on Instagram. Yeah. And yeah, then okay. just let it sit for like, cause you'll see it. You'll post a video, it'll get a surge of views and then it's either going to go viral or it's going to die. Yeah. Sometimes they pop off a couple days later. Like, you know, these aren't videos you're expecting to pop off. Sure. You're like posting it, let it get like a couple thousand views and then just, and then just private it. Interesting. You know, and you know, I mean, I know GC did that, you know, for a lot of his webinars. It I see really the well. same on his stories, even on his stories. I see the same, like, got a big deal coming, text yeah. me. And it's the same yep. photo that he does. Probably does it once a day. Yeah. the um, I mean, Brandon Carter is really good. He's one of our clients. Uh, he, I mean, does very well. Multi I mean, you're friends with him, you know, yeah. like multiple millions. And uh, like Instagram as a whole, you can get away with a lot on Instagram. Like if I like, and I do, I'm probably going to start doing this if I come out with something to sell, but like TikTok and YouTube shorts and like Facebook reels, like those are just like massive for exposure. Like, I don't think it's worth it to sell on those. Like not many people are clicking the bio link. You know, it's just, it's just, you know, risk for reward. It's just not worth it. Okay. But what people do is they follow you on, they find you on TikTok. They know you got an Instagram. They find you, they follow you on Instagram. And on Instagram, you can sell all day long in the stories and nobody seems to care. Interesting. So it's like treating Instagram like your website and driving everybody to your Instagram. And I mean, you can entice people to go from TikTok to Instagram. You can entice, same thing on YouTube Shorts. But we've found that like when you do that, the videos lose reach. If you sell call to action, anything, it's not going to get as Do much Do you think views. that that's also the algorithm not wanting you to push people off the platform? I think it's a mixture of that yeah. and it's people are smart. Yeah, people right. just, that's just not as appealing. Yeah, they're yeah. just like, ah, oh, fuck this. I don't want this. I, you know, I like this guy, but not today. <laughs> like, you know, or, oh, well, maybe I will today. Like, I think, it, I think it's a mixture of both. Um, but the main thing is, is I do think it's the algorithms. Like they suppress anything. Hey guys, really quickly, if you're getting value out of this, please be sure to share it wherever you share things. Share it with your friends, your colleagues, your employees, share it to somebody that you know needs to hear this message. We put an incredible amount of work into these videos and these episodes for you. And all I ask in return is for simply to share it to somebody else that wants to hear that or needs to hear this message. All right, let's get back to it. Like, so if you're a business owner and you want to get on these platforms, right? We won't necessarily talk so much about the strategy, but like, when does it make sense to do it yourself and post it? Cause I know like for Ryan, I think he did a bunch of his own stuff in the mm -hmm. very beginning. Like when does it make sense to do it yourself? When does it make sense to outsource? And then when does it make sense to maybe, I know you were, you and I were talking about somebody recently took it all in house. Mm -hmm. So like, is there certain levels that you see that it's like, Hey, you know, this is the time you need to give this to somebody else. And like, this is the time you need to take it in house. Yeah. It, I, have, I have a lot of opinions on this. Uh. I, I think, the, and this is what is the start of like, what I think is why those other agencies are like, like they're in business because of this. And they're also part of the problem as to why they're going to get bottlenecked and they don't even realize it yet. So like if you're making like, let's say $10,000 a month, like nobody realizes the cost of good videos that get results. Yeah. Like and we, me and Luis were talking about this in the car. If you look at somebody like I, I mean, I'm open about what I charge. I mean, I charge $6,000 a month, which if you break that down, we do like one video a day, it's $200 a video to the client. Now, 
and I'm charging more in in other cases as well for multiple videos a day and other strategies that we're starting to employ, like to start testing. So with me to be able to command like, hey, I charge $6,000 a month. I better bring some fucking results. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Like, I mean, and there's people like, you could charge more. It's like, I know I could charge more, but expectations. Now for that at $200, a good video editor for a one minute video that has the potential to go viral and like look really good, be structured well, and just have like that little extra effort into it. You're going to have to pay a video editor a minimum of like 30 to $50 per video. And it's going to take that editor roughly, my team's really fast. We do this all day. We do 70 videos a day on average. Like cool. we're like a lot of fucking videos. Yeah. My best editors an hour and that's like their hauling ass. Like, so if you're like a, a medium level video editor, maybe, maybe you've been doing this for like a year or two, an hour and a half to two hours is like you're like, that's what, that's what it takes you. Like, yeah, you can do a little hacks. You can find your little shortcuts, but at the end of the day, it's going to take you an hour and a half. So most of my video editors edit, you know, around four videos a day, you know, knowing that the costs, like, so they're making, you know, for them to put that much effort in, you have to pay them, you know, for them to put that extra effort in. If you're giving them 10, $15 a video, cause you're only charging a client 20 2,500 bucks or three K or 2000 because you're, you're paying $10 a video. Like the quality of work that's happening at $10 is not the same as what like I'm paying my editors. To. Yeah. And you know, and people don't even factor in the, also I'm paying timestampers to find these clips. So like some of my videos, like on the video cost side could be upwards of a hundred dollars. I'm also bonusing the video editors because if the video editors and the, and the timestampers, if the timestampers find me a clip that gets a million views, they're getting a hundred dollars to two hundred fifty dollars bonus. Oh wow, that's cool. Like you know, and we we base the bonuses based on the account size and like like somebody that works on my account, it's five hundred k because I've gotten multiple hundred k's. We have some smaller accounts we work on, it's a hundred k. So if you edit, so now if you timestamp a video, it gets a hundred k, and you edit a video that got a hundred k, I just paid roughly two hundred fifty dollars for that video. That's how I incentivize the editors as well as be able to charge what I do for the clients because the clients want results. They don't want just edited videos. Yeah. Like they're only going to pay somebody for edited videos for so long before they're like, I could just take out my phone and do this. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the problem with like the lower tiered editors. Like, it, like in my opinion, like a good editor and like a director, like, and I would say more not creative director, director, like somebody who's like their job is to know you in and out to where when you're filming content together, they're, they're not only just holding the camera, making sure you look aesthetically pleasing, because I'm sure you've had videos where you're like, I hate how I look at that video. I look so <laughs> fat right there. Like I'm self-conscious of the camera. Like, do I look, I'm like flexing my, you know, it's like <laughs> the, this is shit we think about because we don't want to look fat on camera. Yeah. You know, the, so not only do they have to make sure you look aesthetically pleasing, the lighting's good, but like, you know, Luis will be like, tell me more about that. What do you mean by that? What's that word mean? Like, we can't say that. You need to know how to do this. Like, you know, hey, you know you're going to piss TikTok off if you say that. Like, say it like this. Like, you're being kind of a dick in this video. Like, do you need a minute? Like, the, and he's like brutally honest with me, but in the end, it makes me get better videos. And yeah. that's what I was like. I only know this because I was that. Like, I mean, I still am that person. Like, I was that person for Alex and Layla to like half a million followers. I would fly out there, we would film. 
like now we do a lot of stuff through zoom like but you know brandon carter who's one of my clients who lives right down the road from you i'm here every two months oh well filming with him like and we batch film and we, we we've tested a lot of stuff so it's like again this is another cost so now you need filmers but the filmers are also need to be educated on the platform and here's what works here's what doesn't and me and luis right now like, like stefan the timestamper, he's really good at it if you've seen a lot of these things over and over again, like before we post a video, like I go, what do you think about that, Luis? You're like, mm, 50K. He's not wrong. Like more than he, he's right more times than he's wrong. Yeah. You know, and it just turns into now it's like when we film a video, I'm like, that's a million views. Like, and then it, and, and when that happens, it doesn't matter what type of subtitles go on. It doesn't matter what the fucking video looks like. As long as it's pieced together properly, that thing's going. And we only, I only know that. And, you know, my company only knows that because we've done that thousands of times, you know, and that's, I think that that's the, you know, where the smaller side of agencies, like they're trying to do that, but they've never, they just don't have the reps in and they're sure. getting the reps while doing it, but they're also not getting the right clients because they got, I know I got way off on a tangent there, but like, you know, if you're making $10,000 a month, like you're not, you can't afford somebody like me, like you're going to go broke. Like, or the expectation to be so high that I'm not even going to want to work with you. Sure. You know, so it's like you need, if anything, you should start grooming an outsourced editor. Like, and, and for the people that are grooming the outsourced editor, what's like the spot that they get the outsourced editor at? Like, I mean, it, it's just, it's tough. I mean, like I said, I have an email list with like 1500 video editors on it. I could probably have a hundred videos edited for me by tomorrow. Wow. Maybe three will be good. It's that that kind of discrepancy yeah. in the numbers. And by good, it means they might take me three months before I could trust them to not pay attention to everything they're doing. Is that is that like <laughs> the, the timeline you see on I mean, the we, We've been hiring five people, and by the end of like 90 days, we have two left. And, you know, we've also found that we can, like, we can get a bunch of people to submit one video really good. But then when we hire them, we, we don't bombard them right away. I used to. This is where the operator came in. He's like, dude, you can't start a brand new editor at four videos a day. They're going to fucking die. And I'm like, okay. So we start everybody like one video a day. Then we go to two videos a day. If they make it past two and they're still holding the quality, then they're probably going to get to four. And that was like, okay, now, you know, now we can, now you're technically full time. Like, you're, you know, you know, but we just found people fall apart like seven days later because they, they spent seven hours making the perfect video to send me. Like, and I'm like, bro, I can't like, I, I appreciate this work. Yeah. But, but it like, doesn't matter. But like, I need this to happen in two hours or less. And I need this even better to happen in an hour and a half. And when you get really good in an hour, because I, I don't really, I've never paid any video editor based off of like hours. I think that's stupid. Like I pay off of per video. Like I guarantee them. So like, it's not that their income is up and down. It's like, I have a lot of clients. I have a lot of videos. Like I can guarantee you 20 videos a week, Monday through Friday. I need four videos a day from you, you know, and they get that every week, but it's like, I, they only get paid for that video when that video gets posted. So if you're listening to this right now and you are getting into content and you kind of want to outsource, start outsourcing a little bit, what is, is the first person you hire the timestamper and then you get a cheap video editor is the first person you hire is the video editor. That's good. And you do your own timestamping. Like what's the first yes, person? That I would say find the editor first because that is the most time consuming. Interesting. Um, and what should they expect to pay? Well, if you expect to pay between five to 15, you're going to get a five to $15 video. Okay. 
I would start most. I would start at like thirty. You know, twenty five. And salary is not good. It should be per video. It's tough because salary they become robots. Okay. And what I mean by that is like there's no incentive for them to finish videos faster. Like, and you want, and, but the main thing is, is the bonus structure. You want to, you want to hire somebody that's incentivized by a bonus and you, and this is where you got to kind of, it could bite you in the ass or it could, you know, work really well. Like we've experienced that, like you shouldn't be bonus for any video that's not a hundred thousand views or, or more. In my experience, I know, and that's on TikTok, mind you. If I was only doing Instagram, it would be different because Instagram, like it's, it's harder to get those viral virals on TikTok, on TikTok, like. If I have an account and I haven't got 100K views within the first 30 days, something is wrong. Like, we need to figure this out. Um, and I mean, so like, you know, I mean, but it could be maybe it's like, you know, and I think $100 is awesome. Like, but if you if you want to pay somebody 5 to $10 a video, but you can go to like, hey, all right, anybody that gets a million views, you get 500 bucks. Because I know statistically, even the best of the best don't get more than, you know, a few of those every month. And if you did the math anyway, it would probably even out to be in kind of yes. the same cost. And if you're getting videos with a million views and you're not monetizing that in some way, then that's your own fault. And is the best way to monetize these things, is it like by making the call to action in the video or is it just like organically people are going to go to the link in bio and click I, on it? I know it's so hard for business owners to understand, but it's like you get a million views, like so much happens that they don't see. It's like, not only do you get the views on the video, and that's why everybody's like, oh, I don't, I don't care about the views and the likes. It's like, yes, you do. Because when you get a video with a million views, a few things happen. Number one is about 500,000 of those views are people that actually watch your videos at the end. Yeah. Those people that watch the video at the end, those now are like, so let's say you're selling a course on, I mean, I know you had Brian Moncada on here, the YouTube ad agency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's say Brian. Brian gets a video with a million views. He has a YouTube ad agency. He makes a video about something. He gets a million views. That video could be about anything doesn't have to be about YouTube ads. It probably will never get a million views if all you're talking about is YouTube ads. But if Brian makes a video about, you know, his favorite date night idea for his wife, gets a million views. Now, 500,000 of those views are somebody that watched it all the way to the end. Of those 500,000. Now, let's say that Brian has 100 videos on his account when this video goes viral. Roughly 25 of those videos maybe maybe about YouTube ads of some way. Yeah. If any of those 500,000 people that watch that video to the end have ever watched a video about YouTube ads, Facebook ads, Snapchat ads, TikTok ads, TikTok is going to go push that video. They're probably going to like this video. Oh. So you're an ad guy. That's called retargeting. Yeah. <laughs> it's free retargeting. And I would rather have 500,000 people to pull from than 500. Yeah. Because then that's, that's a shift that nobody is understanding. And that's why they keep making these niche videos. And they're like, I'm not getting views. I'm trying to get the right people to watch my videos. Like, I don't make any videos about making videos. We talked about this before we started. Yet people still bring me on podcasts to talk about making videos, pay me a lot of money per month to make their videos. And I don't make any videos about that. But isn't that more? So that's really helpful. And you're right. You're kind of calling me out a little mm-hmm. bit, which I love as well. well yeah, your like, account needs help. Yeah. We can talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is perfect. Um, yeah. I'm always down to learn something new. But my question for you is like, also, don't you think that you're getting those clients because you're working with other there clients? Is, there is a level of that. Yeah. Yes. And I understand. Like, and But I... But with, you know, using Brian's ad agency as an example, he's got a higher ticket product. I don't know exactly what he charges, but it's probably a salary plus a performance base because he's running ads. So let's say that it's $5,000 a month on average. Like, 
of those 500,000 people, you have a higher statistical chance of getting a couple $5,000 buyers than you would if you only got 500. And do you see that with some of your, do you have clients that do like in a B2B space, they mm -hmm. do that? Well, Brandon Carter, um, I mean, I'm, he always tells me to use him as an example and now it just makes sense. But uh, so Brandon Carter sells, you know, to trainers on how to be high ticket trainers and how to, you know, and Brandon, I believe his course is $6,000. He told me like, he's never made a singular short video promoting his high ticket trainer. He sells it through Instagram, through the Instagram DMs. He's got a sales team. It works really well there. He's like, I just need more eyeballs to Instagram. Yeah. But he, that's B2C. He, he is his B2C. Business to business, I, I, I would, you know, unless I'm proven wrong and I'm, yeah. I could be wrong, I believe the same thing happens. Really? Like with, with Brandon specific, he's like, my revenue went up 30%. And you want to know videos that Brandon's drove that, all that eyeballs, it's like why I wear black sneakers only. Yeah. Or, you but know, he's a he's a fucking walking billboard. <laughs> that dude is a walking and that, billboard. And I think that that is also yeah. some, something that like my account, you know, when I, if I make a video about getting views, I better fucking have views on my account. Yeah. Like, and I don't think we live in an age that like, you know, Ryan Pineda has been my client for over a year. He was, you know, him and Grant Cardone were like my two big clients that I first landed shortly after was the Hermoses. Um, now, obviously, Grant being friends with Alex and Layla probably played a lot of that. But it was also what Ryan Pineda saw was that he saw my videos. He was following me well before he knew I worked with Grant. He found out I worked for Grant. Then he hit me up. He said, I want to hire you. Well. Like, you know, then it was, you know, Grant, like, and I guess I can talk about it because they told me they gave me permission, but um, Grant, at the time, there were no TikTok agencies and they weren't charging like anywhere near what I'm charging now. Like I, I wasn't, when I started, I could barely get $750 a month to do this. Like, so the people that are getting 2000 now because of this, like, you're welcome. I started <laughs> that shit. Like the, you know, and Luis has been there since the beginning. I mean, I was the other day, I pitched Grant Cardone. I doubled my prices and at the time was still $3,000 because I, I went from seven fifty to 1500 Yeah. And the first person to pay 1500 was Aaron Marino from I am Alpha who already had a million followers on, on YouTube. Nobody wanted TikTok when I started this. And that was, and then when Grant came, I just said, I promise you that I will get you hundred K in the, in the next 90 days. And followers, I said, followers. And this is when you, you, I would not make that guarantee now. Yeah. The platforms have changed. Sure. It's harder. Um, and that was the, like, I did that. And I said, and I'll also say, if there's one account in the world that I'm not going to fucking fuck up on, it's Grant Cardone. And then the same thing happened, you know, and this is like, I had already knew, like, I had already been making videos myself that had gotten, well, you know, I, I, I wasn't big at the time. Like back then when I landed Grant, I think I had like 30K. When I brought on Alice, I think I had like 40 or 50K. And this is on TikTok. This is on TikTok. Yeah. Like, so I hadn't even hit like 100K on any of the platforms. And I was like, I can get you 100K. And I did the same thing for Alex Ramosi. I was like, that's my guarantee. And I said, if I do not get you 100,000 followers in the next 90 days, I will edit your videos for free until I hit that number. I don't know anybody that would turn that down. And Grant didn't, and neither did Alex. And I've done it both times. So this has been really, really awesome. I've learned a lot, <laughs> even on our content team. Like I'm excited to put some of this stuff in place. Final question, I'm just gonna shift to total gears here for you. You know, obviously 
one of the biggest fears I think any creator has is um, you make all this time, energy, and effort building a platform up only for it to be shut down or something to happen to it, right? The, especially around TikTok, yeah. you know, you see this is potentially at a risk, whether it is or whether it's not. I just wanted to hear your thoughts. Now, you know, you run a, a, an editing agency that relies on TikTok, so maybe you're going to be like, it'll never shut down. But like, in your honest opinion, do you think there's ever a risk of that happening? And, you know, what would that look like? Yeah, I mean, and just to be clear, like, if TikTok shuts down tomorrow, you just do Instagram. Like, I hope it shuts down. Yeah. Like, because if it shuts down, I am probably twenty thousand videos ahead of everybody that's going to start on Reels. Like, it, what TikTok did wasn't the. It's not the platform that TikTok is imprinted it was on. The this style. It was the style. It's yeah. the fast pace. It's what works. It's talking in short form, and that is what. I mean. That's what we spend most of our time with our clients, teaching them, coaching them, and helping them do. It's being able to deliver a message in 60 seconds or less. And I will, I have personally over a thousand videos on my TikTok account. Like if it disappeared tomorrow, like I'm a thousand videos ahead of you. Like I wouldn't care. Yes, it would, my ego might be pissed, but like a video that gets a million views on TikTok will also get a million views on reels. It will also get a million views on shorts. It will also get a million views on Facebook reels. It'll probably get a million views on Twitter. It'll probably get a million views on Pinterest. What TikTok did that nobody realizes is it changed the way people watch videos. They're all vertical now. Like horizontal is weird to me. Like I don't live in a horizontal world anymore. Like I know I'm like the extreme because we only deal in short form, but like videos are vertical and it's weird if they go over a minute. Like. You know, so there's that entire generation coming up that that's what they're going to succumb to. And yeah. they all have Instagram. Like all the people that are on TikTok have Instagram, have Instagram, you know, and it, 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 it more or less it, it's exciting. Like, but I don't, I truly don't think it's going to shut down. I think it will be like catastrophic for society sure. just because of how addicted people are. Like, and I think that the government obviously, you know, not saying they make the smartest decisions ever, um, but I think they are weighing that in because if you just pull the plug on, let's say if Instagram, if you just pull the plug on Instagram, people's in identities yeah. are wrapped around this. People will be committing suicide. People will be like distraught. Like, and I think that they, I like to think the government's smart for well psychological things. <laughs> I think they manipulate a lot of people, so they're pretty good at it. I think that they would see that. I, but you know, as a whole, I just think that. And I know Gary Vee said this a bunch of times. It's like, it's, it, it's the practice. Like, I'm just not, I'm not afraid of it anymore. Be, and because I'm also, I've already gone viral on all the other platforms. Yeah. Like I do it a lot. Like, I, and we have clients that go viral on other, other platforms. Like everybody's kind of putting all their eggs on YouTube shorts right now, which I have a friend, her name's Adley Stump. She just shared a video. Like I showed it to Luis on the way in the car on the way up here. She got 168 million views on YouTube shorts last month. Oh my gosh. Like, I told her I got 14 and she was like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> I was like, I tell somebody in your world I got 14. They're like, holy shit. It's yeah. like, so it's all perspective. But she's a Facebook creator. Like her, I, I tried to get her to speak at one of my events and she's like, I would. Uh, but like December's my like, it's our million dollar month. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, she's like oh yeah, we'll make a million dollars off the ad, off our ads from December 1st to December 31st. She's like, I, I, we don't leave. We just create content all month. Yeah. Now, obviously, there's people that make more than that. They may be like, that's nothing. But there's also people like, all she does is make videos. Like, and they're just skits and they're hilarious and they're funny. But her perspective, like, she got 168 million views on YouTube playing around. Yeah. 
She's like, yeah, YouTube kind of convinced us to come over. Like YouTube is paying creators to post to on shorts, like to leave too. other platforms. Yeah. I don't think the world knows that. Yeah. Like, but I am friends with the people that are getting paid to do that. And like some of them are clients, you know? So like, I mean, Ad- Adley's account was, she was my first paying client at 750 bucks a month. I got her a million followers in, in like seven months. I edited every single video on that <laughs> account myself. I got my first 50 million viewed viral video off that account. But because I edited her account and it took me eight months to get her a million followers, I think what's that doing the math? I think she paid 6K. She paid for a million followers when I not charged in a month. Like I learned so much by just editing those videos. Like, and that's why I think people are lacking. Like, unless you're editing and posting and doing and trying, you're never going to get there. Yeah, you're not like in the, in it, in the hand to hand, man. I love it. Dude, Ryan, (laughs) awesome podcast, my man. This was really, really helpful. I took a bunch of notes uh, and I appreciate you coming on here and uh, making the trip down. If someone's listening right now and either A, they want to work with uh, your agency and maybe have you help them grow them or B, they just like want to ask you some questions or maybe follow you online. What's the best places that people can find you at? Um, like, like just like I preach, I mean, Instagram's my my hub. Um, it's Ryan McGinn on Instagram. I mean, the videos are the same as what's on TikTok, and then <laughs> the same as what's on YouTube Shorts. Um, and I don't really talk about making content on there, but I talk to people all the time in my DMs about it. Um, but yeah, that's the best place. And then, but yeah, I mean, we're always testing stuff on my account, like, and it's it's my hub, it's my home. Love it, awesome. Well, it's been awesome having you on here. I appreciate you, and I'll see you guys in the next episode.